This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week. Cocoa, Fruity, Frosted, and Blueberry. And it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days, they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, So the past few days, I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, Now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, Um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside. Uh, For instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, Based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, So I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. But if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, We want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there in 86 nm martin wrote the first book of what became a cult Mystery. Let's get down to business. Oh, I wanted to. Say, I wanted to, to say. To defeat. Oh, the Huns. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> I don't know. Just it's like a pop song. Really? It's uh, from the movie Mulan. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that, that adds some much needed context. Uh, kids, Tanner, are our business. Uh huh. That's cool to say. And business is good. Oh, that adds to it. That's uh, We've talked about this before, but it doesn't come up as often as it should. That's the Babysitter's Club motto. Kids are our business. That's Sometimes that's how Christy answers the phone. Babysitter's Club, kids are our business. And business is good. How cool is that? She doesn't Very say good. business is good, but I like it. She should. That. And business is good. What did and we say last week? What does Wolverine say? By the law of syllogisms, kids are good. Business. You know what, Jack? What? Um, welcome to the Babysitter's Club Mystery Club. Podcasting no, no. is our business. Okay. And business, and business is, is good. Is good. Okay. That's great. 
We can say I'm that. the best at what I do, and what I do is taking care of kids, and what I do isn't very nice. Okay, see, so that's. I feel like that's trouble. I'm the best. I'm the best there is at taking care of babies, and what I do isn't very nice. Taking care of babies. Not the way I do it. I'm oh, Wolverine. That's what Wolverine says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I feel like that's that doesn't work because what Wolverine does is killing people. Right. So it's good to be good at that, and also it's not nice. But if you're looking, I'm after- the best at what I do, but what I do isn't very profitable. <laughs> that <laughs> can be go. ours. And that's podcasting. Yeah, and that's podcasting. Perfect. Um, let's Baby see. Nation, Jack and I um, had to do our taxes last week. <laughs> <laughs> and I was consulting with my tax professional, and he called Jack, and we were like, oh, do we need to be worried about all the money we made on the podcast? And I was like, nope. <laughs> no. You do not have to be worried about <laughs> yeah. all the money you made on the podcast. <laughs> he's like, he's like I've, been a, I've been a CPA for 20 years. I have never seen this little money <laughs> like <laughs> technically like, you, you made how have much to tell me about this yeah. that's like below the threshold for 1040 easy it's like did you also find some change on the way here <laughs> you don't need to tell me everything <laughs> so we're fine there yeah um kids are our business what we do is not very nice hi hi and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Mystery Club. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And what we do here this is week. pretty simple. We read the Babysitter's Club Mysteries. Yes. By Anne M. Martin and Ellen Miles. Mostly Ellen Miles. Yeah, I haven't looked forward, but I think she writes a lot of these. This week. No, why would you look? Don't look. Don't spoil it. I don't want or need to know. I need to know. I need to know. I will not be able to rest tonight until I know. You go ahead. I go ahead what? And what? Talk about whatever dumb Doom. shit you were going to talk about. Baby Nation. This week, we are talking about a book called The Mystery at Claudia's House. Tanner, do all the houses have mysteries in them? Mm, good question. Yes. <laughs> we know Mallory's got a mystery in the attic. We know Dawn has the ghost in the corridor. Mm-hmm. We know Christie's house has old Ben Brewer. The mystery of Mary Ann's house is how's it still standing? That thing is a fire hazard. Am I right? Mary Ann's <laughs> house is the same as Dawn's, and it also has the ghost of Oral. Okay, but I did it. What, what I did was a joke. Um, Stacy, Stacy's is probably clear, and Jesse's. No, there's no mystery in Jesse's house. No. Oof, I'm looking ahead, bud. Mm. <sighs> It's what? a lot of Ellen Miles, which I'm fine with, and I love, and I'm excited about that, right? Okay? Bless you. This is what we're doing now? We're fucking sneezing on the show now? Carry on. It's a lot of Ellen Miles, which I'm excited about. Smiles for Miles, frowns for downs. I've uncovered a secret about next week's episode, and I don't know if you want me to wait until next week's or not. Record. Next week's record. You can say it. <sighs> Babysitter's Club Mystery, number seven. Dawn and the Disappearing Dogs. Dawn and the Disappearing Dogs. Better be Nola Thacker. Authors Anna Martin, Ellen Miles. Cover art, Dan Brown. What? Dan fucking Brown? What? Cover art, Dan Brown. What? And why didn't they, why didn't they get Nola to do the dogs? She, I she don't know. And so hurt. She's going to be so hurt. She's going to be so hurt. But Dan Brown, like the... The Dan Brown of like yeah Da Vinci Code. Da well, Vinci it's Code? a mystery. That's what he does. But he's the cover artist. 
Well, maybe that's where the real mysteries are. Because this week, that's actually a good point. This week, there was no real fucking mystery. We'll get into it, but there was no mystery. It was obvious what was happening all along. Maybe the mysteries are actually in the cover. Babysitter's Club mystery number eight, Jesse and the Jewel Thieves. Author Anna Martin Ellen Miles cover art, Dan Brown. Well, who did the cover art for this one? There you go, look. Haja Swallow. What, was he sick? Was she mad at him? We'll have to get into that next week. Okay. That's the wrong book. Yeah, it looks like we have Ellen for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Which is fine. That's Except fucking great. This I week love it was Ellen. there wasn't a mystery. And so she Ellen She forgot to do a mystery. Ellen, you forgot to do a mystery. To That's do a mystery. fine. Yeah. That's fine. This is a mystery. Sometimes Ellen. you forget. You gotta do a mystery. What about we describe this one? Yes, please. Okay, what I'm gonna have you do is you oh, describe shit. it. You want me to do it. You want me to do the recap. Yeah, I was thinking. Okay. I've written one. Oh, you write these? It took took me all afternoon. Okay. <clears throat> all right. But I wrote one. I will listen in rapt attention. Uh, we'll put on some music, probably? Yes. Play some Thrilling tunes. music. Something thrilling. Okay. Yes. All right. I'll have the producers do that. Okay. <clears throat> After advertising for a new roommate, Claudia Kishi finds herself living with Janine Kishi. An initially shy woman who soon exhibits strange, obsessive behavior in this psychological thriller. When Claudia realizes that her new roommate is attempting to steal her identity, she pulls away, driving Janine to dangerous levels of dementia. Rated R. (laughs) That was quick and dirty, huh? Is that... Should I find a, a longer one? No, I liked it. Is that single white female? No, it's this book. Oh, sorry. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that also describe? Because it's, it's very accurate. Software designer Claudia Kishi uh-huh. has just left her boyfriend, Sam, mm. because he had a sleepover with his ex-wife. Okay. She finds a classy Upper West Side apartment and advertises for a single white female like herself to be a roommate. All the perspectives seemed weird until Janine Kishi shows up and appears level-headed, though rather plain-looking and toting in secret past. Things go fine until Claudia gets back together with Sam and asks Janine to move out, whereupon Janine turns jealous, possessive, and resentful. She also starts acting very strange, adopting Claudia's clothes and short orange hairstyle, then aggressively seducing Sam and finally killing people. (laughs) A bit silly and predictable, and suffused with quite a bit of crude violence and sex, leading up to the cliched horror movie climax this stylish 1992 thriller is nevertheless buoyed <laughs> by excellent performances by the two female leads. Okay, well, let's not um, let's not editorialize. That's from allreaders.com, hattipallreaders.com. <laughs> I think we shouldn't editorialize in these. I think your first attempt did accurately describe this book. Okay. And, and your second attempt fell apart and is very clearly a description of single white female, which was a sensation. <laughs> and I realize now it came out the same year as this book. Yeah, well, pro- probably directly inspired by. But, and of course, but they may, they were like, but let's have it be white. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, there's a story about these two Japanese-American two women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> like, can, we, can we make them white? And, and only not one sisters? of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, Good description. I loved it. Uh, it reminded yeah. me of the film. Well, I didn't ever watch Single White Female, but I remember ev- when everybody was talking about it. You've never seen it? No. 
It's not very good, and I don't think it holds up. Okay. This was good. This book? Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Janine is in it. Claudia is Ellen in it. Ellen is a workman. Yeah. she gets She's willing to get her hands dirty. Yeah. And she got her hands dirty this week with this novel, The Mystery at Claudia's House. What if I describe you, it? You describe it. Yeah. I did a good job. Mm-hmm. And my description was accurate. Mm-hmm. A little bit too much editorializing for my taste. But I think there's always room mm-hmm. for a second opinion. There's mm-hmm. always room for more. There's always room for kind of fleshing it out further. And I think that's where you come in. Mm-hmm. I'm not well, expecting much from you. Let me ask you a question, Tanner. Okay. Did you prepare a, a mysterious clock? Um, I could now. Oh. How many seconds do we put on it? 60 seconds. Okay. But it's got to be mysterious. Second. I'm thinking Ooh. like... Uh, you know how in the old one, we always did 90 second, and it always auto-filled in with keto 90 bread? 90 second keto bread? I, well, for you. This one is 60 second burger run. <laughs> Do you want to see what that is? I'm is hitting it, enter on is it. it burger time? It's a game on coolmathgames.com hmm. called 60 second burger run. Okay. Should I play it on, no. on air? No. Because that's going to interfere with my description. Instructions. Use the arrow keys to move around. You have 60 seconds to work through the maze to get to the burger stand, so you better start running. Here we go. Wait, am I describing it while you play this game? Okay. Or are you just, you're just going right ahead and playing the game? Think about whether this is good audio for our listeners. You very studiously and quietly playing the game. Just think about, like, you can think about that while you're playing. You don't have to say anything, but think about whether you think this is good audio for our listeners who have taken time out of their busy days to listen. Oh, I died. Okay. okay. It wasn't, very, it's not a very fun game, but okay. um, I'm going to delete Burger Run off of it. 60 second timer in five, okay. four. Somebody is rearranging Claudia's room. It's still messy like normal, but it's messy in a different way. Who the fuck is it? That is the mystery at Claudia's house. Meanwhile, the superb rat is back in town. That's right. Uh, He's on hiatus from his hit show, PS162, and he's just trying to be a normal boy. But there's a problem. He has to kiss an actress in the next season of his show, and he doesn't know how to kiss. And then he lies and says he does know how to kiss. And the Pike boys make fun of him for it. And his lies and truth telling are the subplot of this book. But who's rearranging Claudia's room? It's Janine. She's rearranging it because she's trying to get Claudia's stuff. She's also trying to dress like Claudia and learn makeup like Claudia. And she's being secretive and she's lying to her parents about what she's doing, saying she's going to the library. What's she actually doing? She's hanging out with Jerry. Boyfriend. She has a boyfriend. Janine has a boyfriend. That's the mystery. Superb Rat helps Claudia to solve the mystery because he is playing a detective in the show. Kids detective. They solve the mystery. Claudia bit, bit, bit. You're out of time. Have a fight uh, because Claudia rats hey, on Hey, go her. to hell. Hey. <laughs> but they make up. Hey. The end. Go to hell. That's everything. Don't you dare go past your time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree that I got everything? Yeah, it was kind of a a plot light book. Mm-hmm. There's some fun stuff in it, but it's there's it's some fa- fun stuff. Fairly plot light. Claudia notices that some of her makeups and uh, fingernail polishes are out of place, and that's the mystery. Yeah, and Derek Masters helps her solve it. We and it's um, Janine is kissing Jerry. Jerry, we got a cool glimpse inside Claudia's process this week. What do you mean? We know that she dresses cool, but we sh- we never knew before how she puts it all together. 
Oh, yeah, we did get a peek into her beautiful mind. You want to hear that? Yes. Um, take notes, Baby Nation. I think the outfits I put together spontaneously are much more creative and fun than they would be if I planned each detail ahead of time. For instance, as soon as I looked in my closet that morning, I knew I wanted to wear this pair of black and white checked stretch pants I just bought. I grabbed them and pulled them on. Next, I started to look around for my red belt, uh, since it would be perfect for the black and white. Turns out the belt is being used to hold her binder together, uh, but she goes to ask her mom to find something to take the belt's place. Next, I needed a blouse. I figured a black one or a white one would look fine, so I knew I'd have no problem finding something, but I was wrong. All of her blouses are crumpled up at the bottom of her closet. I shrugged. Okay, I thought, no problem. I remembered that fashion magazines always say to be bold and mix your patterns. That's what I'd do. I checked the closet again and found a black shirt with white polka dots. I held it up and looked in the mirror. The dots next to the checks made me a little dizzy, but I decided that the total effect was just what I had been longing for. I pulled on my red ankle boots, put my hair into a ponytail on the side of my head, fastened with a black and white barrette, stuck on my favorite red heart-shaped earrings, and I was ready to go, all in under half an hour. That's how I get dressed almost every morning. It's always a challenge to come up with a super cool outfit on the spur of the moment. Claudia, that's not the spur of the moment. Half an hour is a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. Now, I am just very quickly, while you were doing that, doing some Googling. Were you playing a 60-second burger game? I was doing a, a little bit of quick Googling mm. to find, because I guess one of us has to, and you didn't feel like doing it, a mm. uh, gothic poem. <laughs> I was trying to avoid it. That fits with the segment Claudia's Closet. Uh, so. I very carefully and cleverly skirted the necessity to do that so we wouldn't yeah, spend a yeah. ton of time looking for uh, mystery babies what we do here on this podcast is gothic poems for each segment because we wanted Um, to make it nice and easy for ourselves what's the one with the heart telltale that's a that's a a a short story a short story i will i need time for this tanner I can't. We can't do it. We don't have time. Well, moment. we don't have time. We well, don't we have time, Jack. That. And that's the fun part. No, you know? it's not you just, fun. That, you you go. You just do it. You go. No. You go. No, that's not how poetry works. You just go. No, that's not how poetry works. Okay, I give up. Yeah, we'll just we'll do that for next week. I guess we're gonna do it for next week. This week it's called Claudia's Closet, and that's what that was. And there's not even any music. It's called Claudia's Closet, and there was music, and it was spooky because it's a mystery. Should we say it? You want to say it? We'll say it in a spooky way. I don't know. It's fine. I feel like it would be better as gothic poetry or maybe a gothic short story. I can go and write one later and record it, and we can put it in up top. No, that doesn't sound good. Okay, good. That's her process. It's very useful to know. She's spontaneous, but not really. Um, And out of her spontaneity comes great things. And and it's important because this week she had to do Queer Eye for the Janine guy. Oh, yeah, she did do that. (laughs) Didn't she? She did queer. She did Claudia I for the Janine guy. Claudia, because I, I don't think Janine. she identifies as queer. No, she, uh, no, not that we know of. No, we know that she doesn't. Um, at least in these novels. Claudia I for the Janine guy. Things keep getting better. It's our Claudia I for the Janine guy. Yeah, 
Janine is bad at clothes and bad at makeup. Very and bad. When she tries, when she doesn't try, she looks like a dork nerd. Yeah. She looks like Jack. And when she when she does try, she does bad and she wears or eyeshadow that doesn't work well with her complexion and clashing colors and she keeps wearing the same goddamn the same red fucking sweater red over sweater over again. Like she borrows Claudia's Ken red bone. sweater and she <laughs> She borrows Claudia's red sweater and Claudia's like, sure, I guess. And then like it looks good, but she can't figure out that she needs to borrow a different sweater for the next date. Yeah. Um she stood. I looked her over and took inventory. Straight black hair cut in an old-fashioned Dutch boy style. Black wire rim glasses. Navy blue crew neck sweater worn over a white blouse with a Peter Pan collar. Pleated knee-length gray wool skirt. Gray knee socks. Brown loafers. In those clothes, she looked like a skinny 12-year-old. Oh, boy, I said, sighing. We've got our work cut out for us. I don't know what most of those things are. No. I don't know what... What did you say? A Dutch boy? Yeah, what's a Dutch boy style? Straight black hair cut in an old-fashioned Dutch boy style. Dutch boy style. Dutch boy. I don't know what that means. I know that there's a burger place in Brooklyn called Dutch boy. Hmm, okay. So, and it's kind of like a hip hip place where hip kids hang out. She's got something called a white blouse with a Peter Pan collar. Peter Pan collar, and that confuses me too. I don't know what that means. Okay, so let's think about a Dutch boy. I do boy. agree. Dutch boy and Peter Pan do make it seem as though she's dressed like a 12-year-old boy, which is the criticism that yeah. Claudia had for her. Peter Pan. Do you remember um, in the early 90s, maybe late 80s, Bugle Boy had kind of an icon, uh, Bugle Boy jeans? Mm. Do you remember Bugle Boy jeans? I'll tell you something about Bugle Boy, which I may have told you before, probably many, many years ago on this very podcast. But when I decided to get cool in uh, sixth grade, yeah. uh, because I wore sweatpants to school every day, and this very nice girl uh, took me aside, and Alicia took me aside. and Ali me She Alicia-eyed you for the chat guy? Things keep getting better. Yeah, she took me aside and was like, you're a handsome boy, but you look like garbage because you wear right. sweatpants every single day. So I went to Bugle Boy and got an entire Bugle Boy outfit, including Bugle Boy jeans and a like warm-up jacket that said Bugle Boy on it. Uh, but the way that I wore it obscured, like it was too big for me, and so the B always got hidden, and everybody called me Ugly Boy for <laughs> the entire year. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Ugly Boy. Yeah. Was it cool to wear Bugle Boy at that point? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, everybody thought that it was like a makeover. It was it was Alicia I for the Jack guy. People were like, wow. I did the same thing, except it was mom I for the Tanner guy. Yeah. And it was like sixth grade for me. And it was like immediately go out and buy the biggest pair of Jinkos you could that has the, the like skunk embroidered on it and the skunk stripes down the side. Yeah. And that good. was what was cool when I decided to like be cool. That is cool. And I had those same ones. A Peter Pan collar is, I guess it's That's green. nothing to me. It's green and large. I, You know what I imagine? And I don't know if this is right, but I suspect it is. Hmm. The the thing that's around Kermit the Frog's neck. Okay. Like a- You know what I mean? Cravat. He's got that, like, it's like kind of like diamond, like, you know. Triangles. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly what it is. It's that. And then a pleated knee length gray wool skirt. That's just a lot of words. Yeah. It's the a length pleated. of a knee. Okay. Whose knee, though? My knee? I'm tall. I mean, 
even a even a large person's knee is it's not that long. <laughs> I hope baby's knee. It doesn't say. What if it's a baby's knee and she's going out looking like a hussy? But she's also got these gray knee socks. So those are socks so it all for just the knee. Blends right? together. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Kind of like um, knee pads. Yeah, <laughs> you're a mess, Janine. No wonder you had to do Claudia for the Janine. But guy. she still managed to seduce Jerry. Oh man, I watched like almost the entire season of Claudia for the Janine guy in the past couple of nights, and it was just like a wreck. Jamie and I are saving it for when the boy is born. Don't waste it for when you're like non-humans because you're not sleeping. Watch it now when you still can enjoy your lives. You won't get the full enjoyment out of it when like you might get harassed halfway through it and you didn't sleep last night. Like you'll be better off watching like reruns of The Office or something. This boy's going to be a fucking baby, okay? okay. I'm an adult man. I'm six foot five. Yeah. You really think this baby's going to push me around? Yeah. Harass me? Yeah. I don't think so. You're going to be hopeless. I don't think so. You're going to be a wreck. I want to, Tanner, talk to you about Concupiscence. Air, the movie starring Nicolas Nick Cage. Cage. Okay. It's a great movie, but you better have a way to bring it to this text v- within 10 seconds of beginning to talk about it. Because okay. it seems like you're just saying that because I said concupiscence and you wanted to deflect. Con Air is good, and I remember a few scenes very vividly. His friend who has diabetes, Mm-mm. don't look at who me. Who can't like get that's anything. Can't other get than his insulin because no. the cons took over the plane. Mm-mm. We're gonna and they landed in that junkyard. Hey, yeah, uh, no. Jack. Yeah. Does Claudia happen to have any friends who have diabetes? Yeah. Stacy. Okay, so it's She's related not even back to in the this text. book. And then I remember She's the other one was... not even in this books. The other one I remember is the guy, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he like, wanders tells around. tells a story about how he like, kills a girl. Boy. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's not relevant. Uh, I Stacy Stacey's is, not in this book. She is in this book, and I want to read a passage about her uh, and relate it back to what I was saying. They're looking after the Pike kids, and the Pike kids in the B-plot are all trying to get Derek Masters, the superb rat, to teach them how to kiss. Yes. Um, and so they get they sneak a phone book so that they can call up Vanessa Pike. That's no, weird, actually. Sorry, now no, that no. I think about it. They sneak a phone book so they can call up Becca Ramsey oh, right. so that she can come over and they can practice with Charlotte. kissing with Charlotte and Becca. Nikki, So and then Stacy discovers the phone book. Nikki called Stacy. Are you guys making phony phone calls? No, said Nikki. You know it'd be easier. Okay. Not taking the phone book out of the Pike family house. Yeah, just writing it. Looking up the numbers and writing them down. Yeah, they sneak a phone book like in like in his jacket. Yeah. Like just fucking write it down. Just write it down. Copy it down. Memorize it. Yeah. Okay. In those days, you didn't even have to dial the area code. No. Nikki called Stacy. Are you guys making phony phone calls? No, said Nikki. No way. We've gotten into trouble for doing that before. We'll never do it again. He sounded so positive that Stacy believed him. She also knew that if they were making phony phone calls, the other boys would be gathered around the phone while Nikki spoke, giggling and acting silly. You might wonder how Stacy knew this. I wondered when she told me about her day at the Masters's, but she wouldn't tell me. Huh. Tenor, this... Stacy's got a secret. Stacy's got it. Stacy's got a secret. Stacy's got a secret. Son. Fucking Madonna, dog. It's Madonna. Seek. Don't be an asshole. If you don't know that song, you can go and die. Who sang the Solomon Grundy song? 
crash test dummies. Crash test dummies. Was it crash test dum- crash test dummies? No, because it's because you did a lot of hum- like deep humming. I don't want to talk to you. Anymore. And I know that that's kind of like a crash test dummies thing. Yeah, great. I can do a really good impression of that song, but I'm not going do it to. now. Please no. do it, please now. Once there was this kid got into an accident but wouldn't go to school. You sound like Adam Sandler doing like a parody version. <laughs> <Man>. of <laughs> he finally came back. <laughs> His hair had turned from black to bright white. Yeah, okay. that's good. It's a shame those guys didn't make it into the 21st century. This is a long walk, so you gotta walk with me. <laughs> this leads me to believe, Tanner, that Stacy herself has made phony phone calls. Yeah. As this a is child. 92. This is early. So there's a canon reset, Baby Nation. Yeah. We're back in 92. We're back at the beginning of the sitter cycle. Not the to- not the complete beginning, but like, you know, we're it's not. 98 anymore it's not 99 anymore right so stacy has not had her run-in with the crime girls yet no which but if she, she had i would expect that maybe she has done some prank phone calls, the, str- some funny phone calls. the strong implication here is that stacy was a crime girl as a child all along that she was full tanner full right. of original sin right which leads me tanner yes to the topic of Concupiscence. Con air. No. <laughs> no. Have you read uh, Confessions? Yes. Okay. So you'll know where I'm going with this. Yes. Do you, you mean Confessions by... Which, wait, which Confessions? Augustine. Which translation? I mean, did you read it in translation? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head who's translate. I think probably any service, whatever. Penguin Classics. Right. Okay. Sure, yes, I've read that. Okay. So, Augustine... Augustine of Hippo? <laughs> no, not Augustine of Hippo. Okay. The other one. Okay. St. Augustine. I guess they're both saints. Was Hippo Augustine of Hippo? Do you, so, you're talking about Confessions, the autobiographical work consisting of 13 books by St. Augustine of Hippo, written in... Oh, Latin it was Augustine AD of Hippo. AD 397 and 400, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The work outlines St. Augustine's sinful youth and his conversion to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I've read that. Okay, good. Augustine talks about concupiscence. And he, I feel like, is one of the earliest writers on the topic of original sin. And what- Concupiscence? Yeah. Right. I know it. I know the word. You do know it? Yep. Do you need me to explain it to you? No, it's like that's it's actually where the the root for concubine comes from. Okay, it's a strong sexual desire okay, semicolon let's lust. Not get, let's not get graphic. Yeah, because <laughs> some reason <laughs> we use these difficult words. Augustine believed that the more concupiscence was present during the act of love, the more original sin would be contained in the eventual child. Does that make sense to you? <sighs> So the hornier you are for your sexual partner, mm-hmm. the naughtier your kid will be. Yes. Okay. Huh. Interesting. And Stacy, we just learned, is right. chock a block full of crimes and original sin. So you think, oh, and I can't even begin to imagine what the parents of all those dudes from Con Air were like. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Steve Buscemi's parents in that movie? Woo. 
they were probably like fucking wild about one another. Wild. But they Ed were Maureen. so rock hard for one another. Yeah. So that's nice. We're a very sex positive podcast, and so we're into it that Ed and Maureen were full, just Wildly filled horny. S- their eventual baby with original sin. Yeah. But I think that it's really interesting, and the reason that I bring it up is not to get graphic and not to get blue by talking about Augustine before his conversion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what even was it's he? It's not that kind of podcast. He was naughty. Um, but I think that this is a novel that is me- in many ways about that. It is about our fallen state. It is about the transition from innocence to experience, and it is particularly about the the transition from innocence to experience that is awakened by an interest in the opposite sex, which is yes. explored in Derek's plot with the kissing. Or sometimes the same sex. Or well, in this case, it's the opposite sex in both cases. In this case, but yeah, by all means, and certainly in the world, it can be many different combinations. Thank you for clarifying that, Tanner. Yeah. In this case, Derek's interested in kissing. Janine's interested in makeup, which is sinful. This is a book about our fall. Our fall we're sex state. positive, but we're not necessarily... Makeup positive. Like, makeup positive. I No. Well, we haven't discussed it, but we're not, are we? It's sinful. Yeah. We agreed that it's sinful. Right. We're all fallen, Tanner. Janine has fallen. Janine, even perfect Janine... Who you who is a is a paragon. Right, who's a door of virtue. She Janine is fallen unchary- and, uncharacteristically ungenine this way. And her fallenness comes from lust. For Jerry. For Jerry. This is a book about original sin. It's about concupiscence. It's a also Conair is about that. I will give you that. <laughs> they walk in beauty, night and noon. These handsome men who do their worst, singing their beguiling tune. I find myself immersed in thirst, or as the youth say, hashtag swoon. With hashtag vapors, I've been cursed. <laughs> what a good poem that is. <laughs> this is our hit segment, hashtag swoon, where we talk about the boys that made us horny. Yeah. Um, and Or as the kids say, hashtag swoon. We introduce it with gothic poetry as we introduce almost all segments in this podcast. A good segue, and I'll allow it because we're talking about lust and concupiscence. Yeah, it's difficult to pronounce. I'm pretty sure that the accent is on the antepenult of that word, but I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Which word? Concupiscence. Con- concupiscence. Concubine. I think it's concupiscence rather than concupiscence. Concupiscence. Well, one has the word piss in it, and the other one doesn't. Okay, so we're going to go with concupiscence. Concupiscence. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Before that, I got confused and thought that Augustine was not Augustine of Hippo. There are two Augustines. I just want people to know that. Just as I was getting to the really exciting part of the book I was reading, I heard a knock on the door. Come in, I said, expecting my mother. It was Janine. Hi, Claude, she said. Listen, I just want to thank you for being so nice to Jerry. No problem, I said. He's pretty nice himself. (laughs) He said he thought you were really sweet and cute. Woo! I blushed. He's crazy about you, I said. I could tell just by the way he looks at you. Really, asked Janine. You mean that? Now she was blushing. Well, anyway, she paused for a minute. I'm sorry I got so mad at you beautiful and not only is jerry 
incredibly hunky, gorgeous boy. The hunkiest, the hunkiest guy ever in these novels, or possibly in the world. But he thinks he thinks Claudia's cute, Claudia and is sweet. cute and sweet. Yeah, and he's nice to the family. Here's uh, in case you doubt me. All right, baby nation, you're doubting me. Well, listen to the words of Ellen Miles, and then feel stupid. Okay, yeah, ready? You feel stupid because this is what Ellen Miles says. She wrote the fucking book. Yeah, she wrote the book on assholes. whether this guy's hunky or not. Right. Don't call them assholes. She didn't make him up. Mm. No. Jerry, she didn't make Jerry up. Right. I imagine Jerry came from Pete's character Bible. Oh, I thought you were saying Pete, but yeah. Pete. It might just you think- come from Pete. It might just be Pete. He's the handsomest oh. guy I can think of. Huh. Hmm. Something to Maybe. think about. Something to think about. I feel like they would have focused on his feet a lot more if it was Pete. Yeah, no, they don't mention his feet. Right. Let me let me read this to you, and I recommend you sit down because you might already am. have I'm sitting. a case of the hashtag vapors and hashtag swoon. Right when I read this, so I'm sitting. Okay, talking baby nation, please sit. Yeah, please have a seat. Ready? Yeah. Aha! Said Derek. See, what did I tell you? There's the person she's meeting. I looked, and my mouth dropped open. There, in front of the school, was the most gorgeous guy I've ever seen. He was tall and strong looking. Is it me? He had black hair and he was dressed in a way cool pair of jeans and a beautiful blue shirt. No, I'm wearing a black shirt. Fuck, I thought that was me. That can't be one of Janine's friends, I said. He doesn't have a plastic pen holder in his pocket or a slide rule in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a little red car. Yeah, that's cool. Woo! I'm a little pissed. That's a pretty good hashtag swoon. Yeah. Um, they walk in the beginning at noon, handsome men do their worst. That, it's good. Mm-hmm. But you also, in doing so, happen to steal my... <gasps> Oh, Tom, thou art sick. <laughs> a very good burn that stings you so right. A knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh so soon it will cause me to call the burn unit. <laughs> Another good one. Burn of the week. <laughs> Woo! The uh, whole yeah. thing about the pencil, the plastic thing. That's a good burn of the week. There there are a lot of burns in this book, and they're all on Janine. Yeah, or Janine's like dorky friend. Um, that's a really good one. I have one that I like, and I'd like to read it to you. Okay. Um, the, I think that the, the meta burn of the week is this entire book on Janine, where it's like, the the mystery, the literal mystery of this book is that like Janine starts wearing makeup and staying out late, and right. then she meets with this mysterious handsome man, and they're all like, "What could it be? Is she a spy?" Their their literal first guess is like, "Oh, he's a drug dealer yeah. <laughs> who has some kind of like dirt on Janine." Yeah, and that's why she got in his car. Yeah, no, she's a she's a red blooded woman. And she's just yeah. as liable to the the fallen state of concupiscence as any one of us. Yeah, she's a regular Mrs. McGill. She's a re- regular St. Augustine before his conversion. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> uh um, So what's the big deal, asked Stacy. I mean, I know Janine doesn't usually wear makeup, but after all, she is 16. Maybe she finally decided to look a little more sophisticated. 
It's not just that, I said. She was late for breakfast, too. Stacy giggled. She's just going wild, she said. I'd call the cops if I were you. It's not funny, I said. But suddenly it was. I imagined the police taking mugshots of Janine and booking her for incompetent makeup application and meal tardiness. <laughs> she did do both of those things so poorly. <laughs> she should go to jail. Yeah. She tried to wear blue eyeliner. Yeah. Or, that's the second time I've made that mistake. Eyeshadow. What's the difference? Eye color? What's the th- what do you call it? Is that where you, you like put- a t- you tattoo your eyes to be like tattoo like the whites eyes. of your eyes are tattooed to be a certain color? Different color? Is that what it is? Have you seen it that? It's on the internet. Don't look it up. Might be, but I don't think so. Is someone who is known to have a pretty severe eye phobia? Yeah, I don't like talking about you it. You sure do know a lot about eye tattoos. People keep sending there <laughs> there was a time and I don't want to go down this road, but there was a time in our history, Tanner. <laughs> where we had a game of mutually assured destruction (laughs) whereby you would IM me things about eyes yeah, and I would respond by IMing you things about death in planes. Yeah. Yeah, and it just goes to show that you have a severe eye phobia and I don't because I literally don't remember even sending (laughs) you that stuff. Yeah. And it's clearly stuck with you for many years. Yeah, it's horrible, but that's what eyeshadow is. Unless it's a superhero. Eyeshadow. Eyeshadow. That's a good superhero. Name. Yeah. He's sounds kind like- of like a 40s inspired noir. Yeah, that sounds cool. Private dick. Um, I used to wear eyeliner a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of like Green Day face a little bit. Billy Joel. During my coolest phase. Yeah. I that doubt my, it doesn't no, sound like it, it was. It was my coolest phase. Um, I it doesn't wore, sound like it was your coolest phase. It was a. Tra- um, it was the. It was the. Once I fully transitioned from raver dude to like cool indie dude, there was a brief phase that was tight thrift store dress pants. Yeah. Um, a v- way too small for me Adidas track jacket. That you still wear to the Zipped day. down halfway with nothing underneath it. Oofta. And a little bit of eyeliner with like that come like, like coming coming past eyes. the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That was very cool. There was that time, you know, man. Yeah. Everyone was doing it. Not me, obviously. Yeah. I was wearing normal clothes and yeah. just kind of living my life. I wish I could have been around. I could have done a little jack eye for the tanner guy. Things keep getting better. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't I it? think I think we're kind of at a stage in our lives where maybe you would benefit from Tanner I from the Jack <laughs> for the Jack guy more than the opposite. Yeah. Well at this point. But um uh, burn of the week on me. What about if we take a break? Yes, please. Okay. Um I'll we'll be back shortly. Goodbye. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally thousands of levels that is boredom's worst nightmare. And uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the 
Jack's, Jack's jerks, jumping jerks, Jack's jumping jerks, and Tanner's tiny, tiny ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time, um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But now I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep playing as 70, much as you want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and we'll, I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite size. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> Mystery. It's, I'm kind of going in blind here. Okay. All right. The only note I took was, same can be said of Jack. Okay, okay, so do you want to do you want me to read blind read the note the th- the passage I highlighted? Okay, fine. Better not be insulting them. Okay, was it because we already did hashtag, hashtag swoon? I should you probably forgot because we took a break, but we already did the hashtag swoon segment. Except so. for their lack of taste in food and reading material, my parents are basically great people. <laughs> That's such a like. <laughs> It's like a, I guess it's a backhanded compliment. 
it's, like it's the, barely backhanded. Though. The primary takeaway is basically great. You're basically great. Basically great. You just He's have bad taste in food, which is true because you're vegan. Okay. Yeah. And you have to own that one. On a technicality. Yeah. And then reading, reading material. material. I read widely and interestingly. <laughs> so I guess that's really my burn of the week is that. <laughs> and it's on you. Okay. Let me read you this. Let's get let's get conspiratorial. Okay. You get get put on your conspiratorial hat. It's on. Because I've got two two things that go to the core of what we do here. That are okay. You're actually you do have a conspiratorial. Okay, actually, weirdly does it's R two. Okay, that's R two D two hat. <laughs> it looks it's great. Little R two D two helmet. <laughs> it looks good on you. <laughs> um, I've got two things that I want to talk about that get to the heart of what we do here. I'm just gonna tell you this. You ready? Yep. This is a so, so the, uh, one of the central recurring motifs in this novel is there's a song on the radio. They don't say who it's by. I imagine it's you for me, but they don't. Could say. be Blade. Could be Blade. But it's like the it's the the hit song, and Claudia's got it stuck in her head, and she's singing it the whole way through the book, little snatches of it. Yep. Um, and Janine acts really weird about it. It turns out the reason she's acting weird about it is because it's her song with Jerry, which is pretty forward. They must be uh, hot and heavy if this is their song, right. but. Here's how it goes. Your kisses are so sweet. Your lips are like honey. We're so in love. We won't need any money. You know I'll always stay because I love it when you look at me that way. So I'll love you forever. Forever. I'll love you. Tanner, does that or does that not sound like something that bees would sing? Your lips are like honey. You really stuck out at me in that one. (laughs) And... And we're so in love, we don't need any money. Something bees don't need. Right. Now, I think, and this is something we've talked about on the show before, I think mm-hmm. bees wiggle their butts oh, yeah. to uh-huh. communicate. Mm-hmm. Is that in there anywhere? Uh, no, the, I read all the lyrics. Well, no, that's th- only part of the song, though, right? Yeah, no, it, the, these lyrics are spread out through the book. And then uh, later, Claudia says, something weird was going on, but I was too tired to figure it out that night. I fell asleep, and would you believe it, that song kept playing through all my dreams. So she's listening to this bee song in her This bee song about kissing honey lips. Yeah. I also think they make honey out of their tushies, bees. I actually don't know. Maybe they throw it up. Maybe honey is bee vomit. Yeah, I think so. How do bees make honey? I think they vomit it. Okay. So you would have honey lips. Yeah. If I spent all day throwing up honey? Yeah, you would have the honeyest <laughs> lips. Right. Your lips are so sweet. Your kisses are so sweet. Your lips are like honey. That's something a bee would say. That's something a bee would say. <laughs> Imagine if there was another animal out there somewhere mm. that our relationship with it was we take something that you held in your mouth and partially digested and then vomit it out. We take it, and it's ours now, and we eat it. Yeah. And we love it so much. (laughs) (laughs) I try to think if that that is a thing. I don't think it is. Where does guacamole... No, that's avocados. That's avocados, and I think those are plant, like fruits. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just the bees. It's just honey. I think it's just the bees. That's pretty fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. Huh. Um... Gross. uh, Technically, I don't eat honey because I'm vegan, but sometimes I do. Because if you are now, you never were. Tanner, let me read you something else. That gets to the heart of what we do. Um, And it's reminiscent of something that I came up with. Okay. 
I saw this story in a magazine about these people who never, ever mow their lawn. It looks really cool, like a meadow, right. says Claudia to her mother. Why couldn't we do that? My mom shook her head. It wouldn't work out, she said. The neighbors would be furious with us. About what? Somebody asked. I looked up and saw Mrs. Braddock, who lives nearby. She had walked into our yard carrying a big basket. It's hard to imagine being furious with the Kishi family, she went on. Mom laughed. Don't worry. We were just daydreaming, she said. She stood up and dusted off her mouth. I brought you some bread, <laughs> said Mrs. Braddock. <laughs> okay. 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 Here comes opening up Google Chrome, doing a search for gothic <laughs> poems. Well, can I read you the rest of this passage while you do that? Uh-huh. My mother and I exchanged a look. Well, I'm sure Janine didn't go to the Pizza Express without telling us, said my mother. She and Mrs. Braddock talked for a little while longer. And then Mrs. Braddock handed us three huge loaves of bread from her basket. I'd better go deliver the rest of these, she said, shaking her head. We'll be supplying bread to the whole neighborhood for a while, she laughed. So, well, are you going to... You're writing a poem about bread, Danner? Do you need me to keep talking? Do you want uh, me to... I tell you what I can do. I'll tell you what I can do while you're doing this is I can explain a little bit more about my theory. Um, we've t- I, we've talked. To, I came up with this theory early on in the podcast called Bread Theory, and I have kind of teased it out over time. But we've never really gotten deeply into what bread theory is, and I feel like I'm now ready to reveal more about it. Okay. Okay. I think I have one. Okay. <clears throat> mm. If you look backward into the do- like past historical time, if you look past the dinosaurs, all the way back before the Earth itself, an oval it- table okay. set with bread and wine the color of foxglove, and little vases such as little children dress their altars with in May. In these I poured the wine, but why? Did he who got the first vase shove his vase away? I stopped pouring the wine, and then, as if a rain cloud spoke, he said, You've given me a crooked slice of bread. (laughs) And that is just literally a poem called A Crooked Slice of Bread by someone called Mary Devonport O'Neill. Oh, you just Uh, actually just read it. A 19th century poet good and, and galway woman lovely i thought it was beautiful thank you um, so that's the intro to this segment called bread theory mm-hmm. and it's my thing that i said and jack's now trying to posthumously claim credit for it oh you believe in it as well i don't just believe in it jack mm. it's my thing i feel like bread theory belongs to all of, i mean now <laughs> that i i you know a came up with it but b fully understand it now and the one thing that is clear from knowing about it is that it belongs to all of us, Tanner. Jack, I feel like, you know what it's I feel like you're giving me right now? You know what? what I feel like you're giving me? What? Crooked slice of bread. <laughs> well, I guess we don't have time to... And it yet. twas hard as sandstone and a knife as thin and waving as a blade of grass. And then while centuries seemed to pass, all things had faded, but I tried the task. 
to Love cut straight smooth, even slice of bread. I like how much poetry we have on our podcast now. Tanner, let me read you a passage from this novel. And this ties in with the original sin motif that you and I have been dancing around. Mm. The Con Air stuff, you mean? Like angels dancing on the head of a pin. With the Con Air stuff. With the Con Air stuff, as you call it. What did John Malkovich do in that movie? I can't remember. Uh, I guess they're all just sort of like kid murderers. No, he was just a murderer, man. Yeah. Uh, I think Bushimi is... Who's the one in the um, Silence of the Lambs? Get up. I think that was Get Bushimi because he's okay. so dangerous. So Malkovich is bad, but he's not as dangerous as Bushimi. As Bushimi. Right. It's a great movie. You should watch it. It's one of the classics. Um, Nicolas Cage. What if we just, after we ran out of these books, mm. we just did a podcast where we talked about all of the dumb movies that we've brought up over the last three years? <laughs> I disagree. We can talk about this. We can talk about Running Man. We can talk about... Running Man is his classic. Um, We could talk about uh, Bright, starring Will Smith and Joel Edgerton, which I still haven't seen. Another classic. How have you still not seen that? I know. Oh, you know what we can talk about, Tanner, is... I'm going to find where I put this. Where did I put it? Total Power. What? Is uh, Spectral, the original Netflix... Movie Spectral. Netflix original film. Check this out. There's a whole Con Air wiki. No, that's not... No, of course there is. It's a classic movie. Can I tell you this? Cyrus the Virus Grisham. Ruthless, insane criminal with numerous convictions, including kidnapping, robbery, murder, and extortion. That's John Malkovich's character. Hey, I, like... You just asked for some podcast recommendations, and like I just want to recommend my favorite podcast. It's called the Babysitters Club Club. They like, like one of them, uh, like reads from the Conair Wiki, just like verbatim stuff from it. Like it's like you know Conair the movie. He like, <laughs> like you remember Conair? Sometimes like sometimes no, I don't go. remember it. Oh, it's the Nicolas Cage movie where they're all convicts and they're on a plane. Anyway, <laughs> listen to this, Tanner. I t- this is one of the theories about what's going on with Janine because they can't believe it's possible that she has a boyfriend. I told everyone about how I thought someone had been in my room. Nobody took this seriously. Maybe they didn't believe me. After all, my room didn't look all that different to them. Jesse suggested that the FBI must be after me for some reason, and Dawn thought maybe it was the work of a ghost. Mm. A ghost FBI agent, Tanner? Oh, hell yeah. You know what it actually sounds like? That The plot of the original Netflix movie Spectral. Right. And the plot of the the original non-Netflix movie R.I.P.D. starring... Oh, yeah. Um, Green Lantern and Big Lebowski. <laughs> That's a bad movie. Um, when I entered our house, Tanner... Jeff I Bridges found- and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Two otherwise very popular and famous... Kevin Bacon's in this shit. It's bad Mary movie. Louise Parker's in it. It's a bad movie. When I entered our house, I found Janine in the kitchen. She was eating rice cakes and reading a thick, boring-looking book. I pulled my after-school snack, a devil dog, out of my backpack and sat down with the latest issue of Seventeen. Tanner, Claudia is eating a devil dog, and Janine is reading the Necronomicon. Okay. And Don't you think you they're think? related? Well, I just think that this book is about original sin. Right. 
And when you, when you, I want to know, when you say Janine, uh, Claudia is eating a devil dog, mm. what do you think a devil dog is? I mean, it's the devil's dog, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it? I wasn't, I it's in the name. In this country. It's right in the name. What do you think it is? I think it's a popular hostess treat that's like uh, two chocolate cookies with some cream in the middle. Oh, okay. Because that is different and it kind of gives a different interpretation. Yeah. If and then is. what What about the passage made it sound like Janine is reading the Necronomicon? A thick, boring-looking book. How would you well, describe the Necronomicon? Not boring-looking, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure in at least the Evil Dead 2, well, it's got that's... like a living face on it that like screams at you. Yeah, that's exaggerated, though. Yeah. It sounds she... like Boethius is it's maybe thick. what she's reading. Oh, she's reading Boethius? Yeah. I like that you just said Boethius. Oh no! You just got you got swept up in it. I've got you saying it now too. She's reading the Constellation of Philosophy. Well, no, that's not. No, that's not because it's not thick. The Constellation of Philosophy isn't very long. Okay, so it's not Boethius. Maybe it's. Um, oh, it's not Confessions either. That would be great, but Confessions isn't thick. Um, I wonder if there's more Augustine. You know what uh, it is? It's probably Aquinas. It's probably the Summa. It's probably the Summa. Oh, right. Known, known anti-masturbation. Leave Aquinas alone. Seriously. That's so, Anytime he comes up. Popular comes up, anti-masturbation no. advocate, Listen, Thomas Aquinas. Anytime he comes up, this is what you bring up. Uh, leave Aquinas alone. Leave Benny alone. Please. He hates... Shirking it. <laughs> Tanner, no, that no, bad. I suspect that Janine is the phantom phone caller all along. Okay. Well that's interesting. And that this Jerry stuff is a smokescreen. Okay. We spent the rest of the afternoon playing around with every wild and not so wild idea we could imagine. For every idea, Derek had a plan. How to follow Janine, how to catch her in the act, how to prove she was a bank robber or a jewel thief or whatever. I was impressed by how much Derek knew about detecting. Maybe we couldn't do much that rainy day, but we had a good time. Derek, kid spy. Yeah. Derek Masters suspects that she's a jewel thief. The superb and rat. we catch her red-handed, illicitly using Claudia's phone. Yeah. To make illicit phone calls. Yeah. Which is against two, the fucking law. Two things that the phantom phone caller did. Is known to do. In Babysitter's Club number... Two. Three? Two. Claudia and the Phantom Phone Caller. That is amazing. And guess what we also learned today is that Stacy was so full of original sin that she made Phantom Phone Calls. And she did it too. Yeah. And she did it too. So maybe maybe Are we learning that all of these that all of these girls are in Phantom it together. Phone Callers? They might be in it together. But Stacy's never been They never oh, caught in Babysitter's Club num mystery number 1. Stacy steals a ring. Is suspected of stealing jewels. Like wow. a jewel thief. You know who steals jewels, Tanner? Jewel thieves. Jewel thieves. Jewel thieves. It's right in the title. The only other crime that the Phantom Phone Caller committed that we have yet to confirm or deny about either Stacy or Janine is jewel cranking thievery. their hogs in the houses when they're stealing the jewels. Just like Thomas Aquinas. Just like the <gasps> Oh my god. Oh, all the puzzle pieces are falling into place. Talk about Dan Brown. Yeah. Now this I is some compelling narrative. <laughs> Well, that's why he was so against it. Dan Brown? Aquinas. 
<laughs> he knows that it leads to jewel thievery and phone crimes. Right. He was. It was his guilty conscience. It's like the fucking <laughs> beating heart in the floorboards. Oh, it's all there in the text. So Thomas let's... Aquinas is like sitting in his bed, and the police come, and they're like questioning him, and he just hears this beat under the floorboards, and it's some dude beaten off, you know. Wow. And he's like, "Oh, I'm so. I feel so guilty about this because I hate masturbation." So let me just wrap this up in a bow for everybody. These bees. <laughs> uh huh. Good start. <laughs> These bees are committing phone crimes, stealing jewels, yes. and cranking their hogs behind our backs. And under the floorboards. And Aquinas warned us about it all along. And it's we centuries were too ago. blind to see it. Yep. <sighs> and and Anne and Ellen out here doing yeah. God's work, yeah. also, like also trying to warn us. <laughs> yeah. But we just couldn't see it. Right. Wow. All in the text. It's all in the text. Boethius is in the mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Good. Um, oh, Anne made fun of us today. She made fun of us? Yeah. Where? On the internet? No, in this book. Okay. They do this thing. for, And here's another burn on Janine is that um, th- they try to... Th- the, there's this weird m- moment in the novel where they try to trick Janine into confessing what it is that's weird about her, why she's doing this makeup stuff and doing these phone crimes. Yeah. And the way the way, Christy has this idea that they're all like, great idea, Christy. And the idea is that Janine will come over to where Marianne and Stacy are babysitting for the master for for the superb rat. And the superb rat will pretend that he is having trouble with his civics homework. Right. Yes. And then his civics like homework trial. is that they need to do like a like totally accurate like legalistic trial. Yes. And Janine is like, oh, I I think I could probably help with that. Right. Which is like he's eight, and I don't think he has a civics class that's like that requires like deep. I don't think he has a civics class. The law. I don't he's think eight. he has a civics class. <laughs> But Janine, despite being the Janinius, is like, okay. So the thing is, Derek was saying when I joined them in the rec room, I'm supposed to stage a courtroom drama and then write up what happened. We're studying the legal system, and my teacher wants to make sure we understand it. Sounds like fun, said Janine. Okay, let's get started, he said. Todd, I think you should be the judge. Janine and me can be witnesses, and Claudia can be a lawyer. Derek handed me the pad. Okay, Miss Lawyer, he said. Let's get started. Tanner, as you may remember, in our earlier podcast about the Super Specials, we did a number of court-themed segments. Mm, I guess. Constantly. We were I doing think we it did constantly. one or two, right? We were doing it constantly. And Anne is showing us up here about our lack of legal knowledge. We had no fucking clue, and I don't think ever addressed each other as... Miss Lawyer or Mr. Lawyer? Mr. Lawyer, right. You know what I thought you were going to, you know where I thought you were headed with this is the the scene continues on with, they're trying to like honeypot Janine into confessing her crimes. Honeypotting Derek, but yeah. And then Derek confesses that he has never kissed and does not know how to kiss. And I thought that was maybe how you thought Anne was making fun of us. No, I have kissed and know how to kiss. Well, we did a lot of talking about it in the last series. And I'm not quite sure where we netted out, but I'm not sure either of us is doing it correctly. 
No, no, no. I, I know how to do it, and, and I have done it often. Um, well, can I ask you a question? Fine. Let me ask if this is the reaction when you, you get when you kiss. Okay. I do kiss, kissing all the time. You guys are so immature. Hmm. Kissing a girl is no big deal. Hmm? I've I done think. it tons of times. Yeah. Derek spoke with plenty of confidence. Yeah, that's how I would say it. It's no big deal. I've done it tons of times. Doesn't. But he didn't fool me. I could tell he was embarrassed and boasting was just to cover it up. Mallory looked as if she were in shock. You have? She asked Derek. Yeah. Sure, he said nonchalantly. Like you like you are now. Sure. I'm an expert. I'll I'm show you. I'm a fucking expert. I will, sh- I will happily show you how to do it if you need me to. Ready, Vanessa? He grinned devilishly and started towards her. She shrieked and ran out of the room. Yeah. And so that's, that's kissing. That's how you do it. You grin at someone devilishly and you approach them and they Say, ready? shriek. Yeah. <laughs> See? Scared my wife. We're fine. I'm fine. I shrieked because Jack tried to kiss me. <laughs> she she didn't she didn't say should I be worried that she didn't say anything about how you told her that I tried to kiss you? And she was like, oh, I thought it was the dog. <laughs> she did. She was, she like, was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, I shrieked because Jack tried to kiss me. And she said, oh, I thought it was Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> but did you know that they were supposed to be called Mr. Lawyer? Uh-uh. Well, it's embarrassing. I feel like we called it one another district attorney in Latin. I don't even really know what that means. No, I don't know what it means. We should have said Mr. Lawyer. Anyway, it's just embarrassing, and Anne is trying to rant And that's us. behind us now, though. That page, that chapter is closed. I know, but Anne just kind of gets a little dig in, like, oh, guess what? This is how it should have been. Double yeah. dig. Double dig, yeah. You don't know how to kiss. You don't know how to kiss, and you, you don't, don't know, know what lawyer what to call called. a lawyer. Tanner, I think we should leave. <sighs> yeah, I think so, too. Okay. Humiliated. I'm embarrassed. Anne? You've humiliated you, me. You got me, Anne. You finally got me, Anne. I hope you're happy. Anyway, Baby Nation, check out the film R.I.P.D. Yeah. Starring Jeff Bridges Please and Ryan Please just watch Reynolds. this film R.I.P.D. Starring Green Lantern and Big Lebowski. Uh, it's an important movie. Um, Kevin Bacon's in it. Mary Louise Parker's in it. You're going to love it. Came out in 2013. It was in a bar once. That's the only time I've seen it, and it looked terrible. It looked awful. And I good. like this kind of shit, man. It's it, good. It terrible. You know what it looked like? It looked like the movie that whoever made the film Bright starring... Will Smith and Joel Edgerton saw, and then they were like, maybe we could just do that, and then they made Bright. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, and they're both good. Okay, good. <laughs> like, oh, that movie was good. We could do a good movie like that, too, and then he did. Then they did. Baby Nation, thank you so much for bearing with us. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me. You're welcome. Baby Nation, for the love of God, if you haven't already, if you have, thank you. If you haven't, please subscribe to our Patreon. It is but $5 a month, and you get a whole new show every week, and it's very good, and we're really enjoying it, and we want to share it with you. It is about the Little Sister books, and it's tons of fun, and you can find it at patreon.com slash podcast. Check it out. If you haven't already, pull the trigger, sign up for the Patreon. It means a lot to us. It's a great way to support our work and help us to continue doing this show and also that show. And, and to make our taxes more complicated. Yes, but not by a lot. Yeah. Buy our merch. You can find that uh, at 
bit.ly slash merch and please rate and review our show on iTunes if you haven't already. Thank you to everybody who has done all of those things or any of those things. We appreciate you and we love you and we kiss you and we love you and you, we kiss you even if you haven't done those things, but please do them. Yes. Woo! Tanner, this week we read a novel that was called The Mystery at Claudia's House. Next week we're reading a little book called... Dawn and the Disappearing Dogs. Is it Dong and the Disappearing Dongs? It's is that... Dong and the Disappearing Dongs. <laughs> okay. And it's that's... written by Dong Brown. <laughs> <laughs> or at least he did the cover art. <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> oh, this week, uh, Mystery Babies, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Let me ask you something else, Tanner. Baby Nation, I've been friends with Jack for a long time, and I've seen him a lot eat a lot of things that are not vegan. <laughs> not often, just sometimes. Sometimes and you okay. get a thing. Let's not get into this. Sometimes you get a thing, and it's got sour sometimes cream on it. Sometimes you get a thing, and, and like, you ask well, for it to not have the sour cream, and there's sour cream on it, and you pick it. We don't have to get into the details. And sometimes it. you get a burrito, and it says very clearly on it that it has cheese, and you're like, your no, friend's like, oh, hey, that, doesn't, that has cheese on it. And you're like, oh, I didn't see that. That's what do you mean? outrageous. And you take a big bite out of it, and you're like, I don't taste any cheese. Now, I don't think there's actually cheese on this. You've gone too far. Mm-hmm. And that is not true. And I hate you. Sometimes you tuck into like uh This is character assassination. You're like, oh. It didn't happen. I'm eating this thing called chorizo, and it's like some kind <laughs> of like- Spanish delicacy. <laughs> it's so good. It tastes so much like the steak I ate last night. <laughs> <laughs> and that just happens sometimes when you're. It vegan. must be vegan because I'm militant vegan. vegan. <laughs> right. That was a headgum podcast.